Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestoninzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe so we can help you master the art of selling. Are you in marketing or sales? It's a fair question. It's a simple question. If you're selling, you would classify yourself as a sales professional. If you're in the marketing department, you classify yourself as marketing. You're probably thinking, what the hell are you talking about, Luigi? What, what sort of question is that? But when you think about something, right? The world of sales, the world of marketing has changed and it is going to continue to change. The whole ecosystem, that whole funnel environment, flywheel, whichever way you want to describe it, is changing. In order to grow your pipeline, in order to grow your revenue line, in order to grow sales, you have to become a better marketer and you have to become a better seller. To some extent, both roles are becoming one. Okay, now you might be going, hang on, mate, I do not agree with you at all. But hear me out for a second. You're a sales professional. Your role is to create opportunities and bring people from that point of even pre-contemplation to that point of contemplation, to that point of consideration and then decision and ultimately help them achieve an outcome that they're looking to achieve, that customer success piece. That's fundamentally what our role is when we're trying to get customers to a point of decision. We want to help them achieve something better, right? That's why sales is a noble profession. But the way in which we bring those people into our funnel, like we are doing a lot of marketing activities now to bring those people into our funnel. Gone to the days where you had, a, you had a phone book and you did door knocking and you tried to you know, create yourself opportunities. We're now becoming, you know, we're writing emails. We're really thinking about the buyer persona, their goals and objectives, the challenges that they're experiencing. And we're crafting unique messages to engage with them across multiple different platforms. We're performing a marketing function, right? Self-generating pipeline. And marketing are doing the same. Marketing are creating content to create awareness. And yes, marketing, there's so many other elements of marketing too, right? You're talking about brand. You talk, there's so many things. Product. Here on the, the, the focus of this conversation today is around the marketing and the sales piece, is around the roles, how they are becoming one. And this week's guest runs an impressive agency. They're one of Australia's leading digital marketing agencies. They're called Impressive. And we're interviewing the founder. And what I love about this conversation, we're going to talk about his story, how he built his company, how he's built his company to where it is today, where he's working with some of Australia's largest brands. And now he's entered the US market. But how he's adopted a sales first mentality when it comes to growth. And the opportunity that we have in front of us right now as sales professionals or marketers, doesn't matter where you sit, is the more we can understand the left and right side of the funnel from that marketing stage to the sales stage, the more we can understand about those two stages, the better we're going to be in enabling customers to get through that, that marketing funnel. And what's even more powerful is our ability to then go into that customer success space, knowing how our programs, how our products, how our tech, whatever it is we're selling, how that enables them to fix a problem. Revenue operations is much more than words in a job title. It's a movement that is transforming sales, marketing, and customer success teams into high-performing revenue drivers. RingDNA is a recognized Gartner cool vendor that makes RevOps possible by driving improved operational efficiency, 
and revenue capture from sales, marketing, and customer success. Trusted by the top companies across the globe, RingDNA offers a complete sales engagement, conversational intelligence, and revenue intelligence platform for Salesforce customers. Learn how we can transform your results at ringdna.com. That's ringdna.com. So in listening to this episode today, I want you to think about, you know, what is your role? And how deep are you going on the left or the right side of the funnel? Are you completely going, right, on the sales and marketing side, I'm not worrying about success. I'm not worrying about the use cases and understanding how it impacts organizations to achieve a better outcome. Because if the answer is, you know what, I only do sort of one part of it. I'm not worried about the other parts. You've got a massive opportunity for growth. And that opportunity for growth represents incredible pipeline opportunities. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pumped, man. I'm, I'm actually jealous because of the hat you're wearing. <laughs> Big New York Yankees, Yankees fan. Yeah, good. Well, I've got, I've got a few colours. It comes in a uh, <laughs> it's black, green. I think I've got a blue one. <laughs> I've got a collection of them. Mate, yeah, are you wearing the hat because you're trying to cover the COVID hair, hairstyle? That's or? Absolutely. That's exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had so many meetings with people virtually now where people are wearing hats because they're just... It's getting out of control, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, mate, thanks for jumping on the podcast, man. Really pumped to to talk to you. And before we get into today's show about, you know, why sellers should be marketers and marketers should be sellers, we'd love to learn a bit about your journey in sales and marketing and and how you built your, your, your impressive agency to be so impressive. Yeah, man, happy to. Let's, uh, let's go there. Let's unpack it. You know, like, where do you want me to start right at the beginning? It's generally a good place to start. Yeah, man. Like, how did you how did you fall into this world? Yeah, look, it's a it's a big question. I I was studying architecture at school, and and I decided you know, a few years in that it wasn't it wasn't for me. Um, yeah. So I decided to to go out and explore the world of the world of online. Right, it's early two thousands. You know, Google was just starting to enter the market. Like, this is early early two thousands, and I was always a little bit of a, a little bit of a tech head, right? I like to fiddle and play around <laughs> with, with with things, yeah. right? You remember, like, you know, ICU, not ICU, sorry. Oh, bloody hell, what's it called again? Anyway, you know the chatting platform I'm talking about, right? I'm trying to, oh, I'm actually, uh, what is it? you got I, me stumped as well. Anyway, so, you know, I've always been, you know, a little bit of a tech head. I've always had a bit of a love for, you know, technology and, and, and computers in general. So I thought I'll start dabbling around in this online world. So I started hacking together this WordPress website. You know, I was, I was at uni still. I'm putting together this WordPress website and I built a brand off the back of it. Um, selling online supplements, right? Selling um, yeah. weight loss supplements. So I was importing products from from overseas, bringing them into Australia, white labeling them, and then selling them out to the to the open market. So I started getting into. I kind of just fell into marketing, right? Because yeah. I was like, well, how am I going to market this brand? Um, and this is like early early days of Google, where you could literally just like throw some keywords at a page, and it would just rank. Right? Yeah. So I started optimizing the site, and it would start to like rank for keywords, and I'm starting to drive, drive traffic. You know, up the pavement gateway, the only one that we had at the time was PayPal, right? So, you know, and this business started to just grow and grow and grow and grow. And just just like, you know, subsequently, I started to learn a lot more about, you know, consumer behavior and, you know, market segments and, you know, persona profiling and understanding, you know, what makes people tick through certain, you know, emotional copy. And, you know, I kind of just fell into marketing, right? And I was like, this is an awesome, I started, like, I really just grew to love it. Right. So I did that for a few years and then I decided that, you know, I needed to go out there in the real world and get some, some real experience. So I went out and got a sales gig, 
right? And I'll get to why in a second. Uh, um, got in a sales gig, you know, old school telecommunications company, basically just in a, in a massive call center with like old school dialers, you know, a hundred <laughs> calls would drop an hour and it was just, a, you know, pick up the phone, yeah. make a call and, you, you know, you're pretty much on a timer. And that, interestingly enough, taught me a lot, right? At the yeah. time, it didn't, I didn't think that it did, but now reflecting back, it actually taught me so much, right? From yeah. professionalism to, you know, even just holding a conversation with someone and, and staying in a particular path rather than going off on tangents, especially when you're on the phone, that could be quite quite hard, right? So I learned a lot from that and then I was, it was in a very big corporate, you know, it was 4,000 employees or so. And then I just found myself into different areas of, of the business, right? And I jumped from sales to marketing, from sales to marketing. And at the time, you know, sales and marketing was always looked at as, as almost like a separate function. Okay, yeah. It was like sales are over here and then the marketing team are over here. And I think over the last sort of decade, what's happened in the experience that I guess that I've been, been um, exposed to is they've now really become one function. Yeah. Right. They really need to start. To, they do really very, very much support each other. So you could say I, I fell into it and I've always been, I've always had it in me. You know, I think yeah. sales is one of those things you can absolutely learn, but for a lot of people, it, it is very natural, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, you don't have to put as much effort into learning how to, you know, how to become a sales professional. And I think we've spoken about this before, you know, you and I, my podcast, there was always these like, you know, there's these negative connotations that come along <laughs> yeah. with the title, right? Oh, what do you do? I'm in sales. Oh, you're one of those guys, you know? Like, <laughs> so I think true sales professionals that really understand the craft, very much marketers at heart. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, man, I fell into it. And since then, you know, I've built a number of businesses. The most recent one and the one that I'm currently building up is, is Impressive, which is a, a digital marketing agency or a performance agency. And again, you know, one of the, the major successes that we've had and the reason why we're on such a trajectory is that most agencies typically don't have a growth function within their business. Right. They're very good yeah. at what they do, but they don't necessarily put a lot of emphasis on, you know, generating good quality leads, you know, having a, an outreach approach to, to a particular segment or a market that they can service or align with their capabilities. So that was something that really gave us a very strategic edge. And it was my background was building sales teams and, you know, because that's just what I what I had done over the years. So sales and marketing, you company that together and, you know, next thing you know, you've got a very impressive agency. That's how I got here. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And yeah. <laughs> I suppose because, you know, for a lot of our listeners, they're either, you know, they're a sales professional, they're out there, they're, they're doing what's required to sort of self-generate pipe and, and build their book of business, et cetera. And, you know, I think, I think you're right. The sales and marketing realm has become like you have to be, in order to be a successful seller, there's an element of marketing that you're doing every day. Like now we're responsible more than ever before to build personal brand. It wasn't something as a seller we, or as a sales professional when we first started building personal brand, you're like, what do you mean? Like I've got my network, I've got my phone, you know, go door knocking. Now we're asked to build personal brand, create content. You know, there's a whole range of things and functions that sellers are doing really top of the funnel to engage with their target audience. When did you realize that, you know, you were, and, 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 and we'd love to know sort of why did you start impressive? Because you're obviously a seller, you're doing a few businesses. What led you down the path of creating because it's a big agency now, right? You serve some of the biggest companies in Australia. You're selling into enterprise and you know B2B clients. When did you come up with that, the idea to say, hey, I'm going to tackle a market that had some dominant players already? 
Yeah, look, there's a couple of points there, right? One is um, on your first point there around, you know, as, as sales professionals, now we have to really build our personal brand and, and, and produce content and really stand out of the crowd. And look, frankly, there's a very obvious, I believe anyway, there's a there's a reason why we, we've, some, some have even been forced to go down that route. And that is the digital world, yeah. right? Prior to digital coming in, you, you, it wasn't as competitive, right? You didn't have... You know, your LinkedIn's, your Facebook's, your Instagram, and all these different platforms which you can go and engage with prospects, right? It was a very different approach. And it, and it was a very even playing field, if you like, for everybody else. And it, then it was just a matter of, you know, who was better than the other one, right? Where now you've got um, such an open platform, which is, a you know, arguably it's a global platform for anybody, really. You know, like you could be selling into different yeah. countries from Australia. And yes, absolutely, you could have done that in the past from, you know, using whatever technology was available. But... You know, now it's just a much, it's a lot easier and it's very different, okay, to, to, to historically yeah. how we've been able to have been able to sell. So you take that and then you go into, you know, Rob going after pretty much one of the most competitive industries in the market right now, right, is, is, is agencies. There's a number of reasons why I did it. Number one, you know, at the time when I, before, before I sort of started Impressive, I was working in an agency, a global agency, very well-known brand, and I noticed that. You know, the, 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 their methodology or the way that they went on about their business, it didn't have any entrepreneurial approach to it or didn't have any entrepreneurial flair, yeah. right? We were, th- we were forced to think like marketers and that's it. We weren't, f- we, weren't, yeah. we weren't able to think like business owners. You know, we were very blinkered in our approach. Everything was about what we could do and that was very much just marketing. But, you know, when you think about marketing, marketing is a cog in a very big engine, right, which is a business. Yeah. And unless you understand how that engine functions and how that cog influences everything else within that, within that engine, you're isolated and you're soloed. And if you're running mm. on your own and running your own race and trying to operate that cog just separately, you will not contribute to anything else that's working within that engine and subsequently you won't be able to reduce the performance. So mm. that was the, the biggest thing that I, that I identified was a lot of agencies are very much think they just think like marketers and just like just agencies. This is what we do. We're great at what we do, but yep. that is it. The minute you start to challenge them a little bit or take them outside of that, you know, outside of that thinking, they just they get frazzled. So you know, we yeah. I, we, we built something that was very much around how to think like business owners. You know, marketing is just a tool for us to solve a problem and a challenge that the business is having. But unless we understand how marketing, how the business actually operates and how we can influence that business's P&L, we're just selling marketing, right? We're just a marketing agency. Yeah. So that was really the biggest eye-opener and that came from me building my own business to going, well, you know, okay, but how do I get someone else to think the same as me to get me the results that I require rather than me just going to a marketing agency who just want to pull together some colors and some branding and off you go. So this is a really interesting concept, Rob, and I want to sort of dive deep in this because I think fundamentally, whether you're selling or you're marketing, ultimately you're helping somebody solve a problem, right? And if you're not helping them solve a problem and help them achieve a better outcome, then you're pushing a narrative that probably won't connect with the target audience. How important is it? I mean, you've seen probably successful campaigns versus campaigns that don't achieve success. How important is it? from your perspective to get that message right and what what's your process in actually thinking about that message that that's going to resonate with your target buyer look it's arguably the most important point right you know we, we talk a lot about like you know unpack a sales professional you've got product pushes right 
So yeah. they just, you know, here's a product, just go and push it out to the market and whether they want it or not, just go and hit your number and you get paid your commissions and off you go, right? And you can apply this to any function of the business, right? Then you've got the guys that are a bit more strategic, right? That they understand what problem. It's like you go to the doctor, right? You go to the doctor, you sit down, the doctor goes, let's, let's diagnose what's going on here, what's going on there. Yeah. And it's elimination process, right? I believe you have this. I'm going to send you to a specialist. If they can confirm what the problem is, then we'll, mm. then we'll treat it. It's the same thing, right? You can apply this thinking to anything that you do in life or anything that you do in business. And I believe, you know, more specifically to, to this conversation that we're having now, you know, as a sales professional, it's our job to identify what or diagnose the challenge or the problem that we're trying to solve. And then we have a, a plethora of tools over here and, you know, and technology that can help us fix that problem or, or treat, that, treat that challenge, right? This is very much how all of us think in the agency, right? And how I very much think, you know, I've been thinking my entire life. It's like, if I can't figure out what that problem is, I'm just going to be misdiagnosing and just product pushing. Yeah. And that doesn't last very, very long, right? You and I both know that, right? It's, yeah, it's, a, absolutely. it's a churn wheel, right? You just, you're just pushing product, whether it works or not, it doesn't matter. You know, there's, there's the next one. Yeah. You know, where if you actually take the time to sit there and figure out what the problem is, address that problem and go, okay, what tool do I have to be able to solve that, that problem? You're going to get a much, much better outcome. And one of those mm. you just mentioned is like crafting that message or that content to then take that to market. So, you know, if the challenge is, Business A is trying to generate X amount of leads, but you know they're not able to, to get the volume. Well, that's the challenge that we need to, to solve. So let's go out to market and figure out how big is that category? How big is the target segment? What is it that makes the persona that we're trying to reach out to actually tick, right? What is it that, what problem are they having in their role that if we can solve, that's our way in to be able to solve the bigger problem? Yeah. And from yeah. there, you start to craft a message, right? Figure out what makes them, you know, what's going to resonate with them. Yeah. And this is awesome because I know that early in early days in your in your business journey for impressive you didn't just generate leads through traditional inbound models you actually went out and proactively chase clients right you have to right i mean it's just yeah. it's, when you're a small agency any any small business you've got no creds who are yeah. you right like you're a nobody yeah you're just you're a startup you're still trying to make it unless you're backed by some serious vcs or you go you've got some some, some serious backing behind you you, you kind of just you, you got to go through the grind yeah. Right. You got to tap into the networks. You got to reach out. You got to show some value. You got to demonstrate some value. You got to have some skin in the game. You know, we yeah. did that a lot to start. You know, when we're going to reaching out to bigger businesses, it's like we want to invest in this just as much as you. And this is what we're going to do from our end. You know, here's like value, 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 value. Yeah. You know, here's my time. Here's our resources. We don't even want you to pay for that because that's us putting our money where our mouth is. That we yeah. are serious about this. And that was our way in. Right. Until this day, we still do that. You know, two business relationships. You got to have skin in the game. Otherwise, I'm just sending you a bill every month, still doing the job, sending you a bill, you're paying me, and it's very transactional. I think, and I think, you know what, I think the, the more and more technology plays a role in a sales process, the value creation piece is going to be more important for sellers to be able to demonstrate, you know, and actually create value even before the company starts paying. Yeah. Is, is demonstrating that value and and actually differentiating your service offering from the value that you create in that initial conversation. And, you know, I, I had a session last week with one of my clients from Singapore and um, we had sellers from all over Asia and we brought one of their buyer personas on, a chief procurement officer. And it was a really interesting conversation because he spoke about, you know, that we were trying to bring the buyer persona to life. And you would have loved this because he said, I don't, I, don't, I don't purchase stuff. He goes, I buy an outcome, right? He goes, if you call me about 
products to purchase, I'll send you to the purchasing department. They'll put your details in a spreadsheet and we'll call you if we need anything. Right? It was a really interesting dialogue that he had and he actually, uh, he went even deeper and spoke about the fact that he's got to, you know, he's there to mitigate risk and, and that, you know, if a seller, he doesn't get sellers that call him to actually talk about what's important to him and his outcome. But if they call, you know, he'll take a meeting based on, and it's just interesting that a lot of sellers are kind of forgetting that they've got to create that value. And, and he went, he went on to talk about the fact that he was about to procure SAP Ariba for a procurement platform. And he went to four vendors to provide a, you know, a proposal to implement and he nailed it back down to two. And out of the two, one was double the price of the other one, but he selected the, mo the more expensive one because they had taken the time to learn about what was important to them. He mentioned to them that they're a very reactive business and often with projects of this nature, they go off scope. And so they needed somebody to support them when they go off scope. The other provider didn't focus on that, purely focused on price. And they didn't create any value in that initial conversation. So we went with the other provider, right? So it was really interesting for me. It was kind of like validating everything that we're talking about today, why we need to create value, why we need to have skin in the game and build that relationship and go deeper. Absolutely, man. Like, I mean, that is a perfect, perfect example, right? Like that word value, that V word gets thrown around all the time, right? Value, 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 value. But what is that? Unpack that. What, what does value actually mean, right? And it's exactly what you've just spoken about. Like take the time to actually understand what that person's role, you know, like mm -hmm. I ask sometimes even ask some of the marketing directors and CMOs that we speak to, it's like, for me to be successful, you need to earn your bonus. So how do I get you to earn your bonus? What do I need yeah. to do so you earn your bonus? Because when you earn yeah. your bonus, you win, meaning that we win too. So, yeah. you know, and we sit there and we have a bit, of a, a bit of a laugh about it, but it's like, you know, for you to earn your bonus, that means you've hit your KPIs. So what are your KPIs? Because yeah. your KPIs now become my KPIs. Okay. Yeah. It's like, if I can influence that, then I can build my value around how I can make you successful in your role, mm. right? Versus just, hey, you should buy this. Yeah, you know, we've got these yeah. great products over here and services that we sell. Look, we might be able to, you know, make change or, you know, make, you know, mm. get the get the needle to move. But reality is I'm just pushing a service onto them versus understanding what they need to achieve and then aligning my services to their KPIs and getting them to where they need to go. Yeah, but but see, what you're talking about is not sales or marketing. Like in order to <laughs> You, you, what you're saying there, you know, in, in order for me to help you, I need to understand what drives you. I need to understand what motivates you, what enables you, like what's your outcome. And Correct. whether you're sitting on the sales side or the marketing side, if we don't know what that outcome is, neither side can help them achieve that outcome. So therefore, exactly. we're not creating a customer. And I often say, you know, like Jeffrey Gittemore, one of my you know, favorite authors used to say, you know, creating a customer is when they come back and buy again. <laughs> right? Otherwise, you're just getting a sale. So, so mate, tell me, when did you realize that, you, you know, you had to, you had to have that marketing element to be a great seller and vice versa? Look, I don't know the exact time or point that it happened. I think it just yeah. sort of came naturally. Yeah. Right. And then hence, I said earlier in the conversation, for some, it just comes a bit more natural to others. For me, you know, I could easily switch hats, right? In fact, I'd argue that it's the same hat. Right? Yeah. It's just how you wear it. You're going to wear it front or you're going to wear it backwards, right? So, you know, there wasn't a particular point in time where I kind of, you know, I can, I can hand on heart say to you, this is when I realized it. I think, as I said, it sort of came natural. And, and the reason for that is I, I was exposed to both departments mm. very early on, right? And I could see how the two impact each other. You know, it's yeah. like the chicken or the egg, 
right? It's like, you know, sales can't do their job if the brand doesn't market correctly and generate that yeah. awareness and that type of funnel opportunity, right? And marketing, you can do all the marketing in the world, but if you haven't got a strong sales sales team, you're just marketing for the sake of marketing. Yeah. Right? So I think they're equally important and hence now we're seeing those two departments get very, very close to each other and understand, you know, how does sales influence marketing and how does marketing influence sales? And it's very important, right? Feedback is critical. If yeah. the sales team or the growth team is not feeding customer information and feedback back to the marketing department, the marketing department is just marketing yeah. something that they're not, I mean, they, they get stuck in their own ways of doing things, right? They're not mm -hmm. keeping up and adapting with, with what's happening in the marketplace. So you got to speak to the frontline who are speaking to your customers on a daily basis and gaining feedback from them. And as long as their feedback is being passed to you back to back down the chain, you will know how to market and adapt accordingly. Yeah. And then you're feeding that back to the sales, the, the, the sales yeah. individuals. So as I said, you know, when I do a little bit of consulting in this space and it's always, it's always around those two teams really need to be in sync with each other, right? Because mm. they both learn from one another versus separating them and having them ultimately compete against each other which has historically happened, right? Yeah. You know, the marketing team don't like sales and sales don't like marketing. <laughs> yeah, and we see that, you know, and alignment's absolutely, I, I, I see it all the time, you know, mate, oh, these, these leads at marketing give me a crap. I'm like, mate, you're lucky you're getting leads, you know, Correct. you're lucky. Exactly. If you're, but if that's you're a valid point, you know, like rather than saying they're crap, well, why are they crap? Yeah. Have you <laughs> passed some feedback back to the marketing yeah. team, uh, right? So, yeah. yeah. And it's an, it's absolutely an interesting day. I mean, we could we could dive down this rabbit hole. You know, we could go into it and look at MQLs and SQLs and what makes yeah. a quality little lead. I mean, hey, all I've all, I used to say back before we had the the great you know LinkedIn and and tools to get people's mobile numbers. When I found a business card with a mobile number, mate, that was gold because <laughs> I had the direct <laughs> number to call. Now we take that for granted, right? Hey, so if you're listening to this going, mate, I'm, you know, I'm inspired by Rob. He's, you know, started in sales, migrated to marketing. He wears both hats, flips it around. I want to learn more about marketing. What do I do? Where do I start to help me be a better sales professional? Well, look, first of all, there's so much content out there on the internet, right? Like yeah. there is tons and tons of content. If you're a visual person, you want to watch a YouTube video. I mean, there's, you know, there's a plethora of YouTube channels out there that can that you can sort of, you know, like it's marketing 101 or you know marketing for dummies right like there's so yeah, many channels yeah. on that you know i don't want to say look there's plenty of, of content on the impressive website and the way of resources so <laughs> we'll put yeah, that in the show notes <laughs> feel, feel free to go there as well but look I, I think the best way to do it and this is especially like this is how i learned a lot as well was i i hung around people that were better than me I hung around people yeah. that i could see you know i don't want to use the word mentors but like those that i could learn from Right, so I did hang around. I hung around with a lot of big marketers. Right, I hung around a lot of like really, you know, high end of town sales professionals that were, you know, yeah. that were closing million dollar deals. Right, at, at the time, um, and I just surrounded myself with people that a were better than me, and two people that I can just absorb information from. That's how I learn. You know, you say something to me once, or show me something once. That's it. It's pretty much ingrained in the way that I do things. So that's how I learn. So it, look, it just depends on you know on the listeners on and, and how they consume their content or how they learn. Some are very visual, some are audio, <clears throat> some listen to podcasts. For yeah. me, I just I connect with people that I that I could learn from and basically like extract information yeah. out of. So. Yeah, that, that's, that's just my advice. I think that's incredible advice, man. I think, and especially now more than ever in a virtual world, creating that network of people we can learn from. Like, you know, we've got a mutual friend that I catch up with all the time, right? And he learns off me, he's an incredible entrepreneur, and I pick his brain on stuff as well. So we're kind of 
having our own little mastermind, right? And, and I think that's, that's incredible. And I think more and more people can try to create that network and find people that can elevate them. It'll only help them in their current role, but it'll also help them really, you know, build out and round out their skills. So I think that's great advice. And mate, if you, if you had to go back and do it all over again, what's one thing you would do 100% again? Like what's one you know, piece of learning that you've taken that you know that works each and every time that helps you build a successful business? Jeez, you're going to get me thinking here. The, the, the one, look, the, the one thing that I will definitely do over and over and over again is I've got a, I mean, I've, I've got just a growth mindset, right? Yeah. Now, I don't know whether this is one thing, but this you can unpack this and there's plenty in that, right? You know, but I've always been a big believer and you can have the best product or service in the world. If no one knows about it, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Right. So the one thing I've taken from every single venture that I've jumped into, every single business that I've gone into, is just what what is the growth roadmap? What does yeah. that look like? Right. Irrespective of what it is that you're selling, right, or or the business has to offer as, as far as its capabilities. If you're not clear on that growth mindset on that growth roadmap, you're gonna you're gonna plateau very quickly, right? And you're gonna spend a lot of time just sitting there innovating on the same product or service and refining that product or service, you know, till you believe it's, it's, it's 100%. But guess what? Someone else out there has got an MVP that they've already launched with and they're miles ahead of you because they've got a growth mindset. So, you know, the one thing for me that I'll take from every single business that I start or, you know, or get involved with is, is understanding that growth, right? How are we going to, you know, what does success look like for us and how are we going to get there? That's interesting. You know, I, I love that, man. You know, don't wait until it's perfect because you've missed your opportunity and there's never going to, you know, perfect is, is never perfect because no matter what you do, there's always an opportunity to improve. And, and, and secondly, you know, just, just have, a, have a clear path of growth and, and make it happen. So I love that advice. Man, I sit on a couple of boards, you know, and one of the biggest things that I, I the, one, the one thing I see time and time and time again is the amount of emphasis that's put into refining the product or the service. Mm. And I ask the same question every time. What's your marketing plan? What's your growth plan? Oh, uh, we haven't gone there yet. So you've just spent a million, two million dollars of investors' money on sitting there refining this product, but you don't even know how you're going to take it to market. Yeah, well, here's a problem, <laughs> right? So I'd rather you get something that's a, you know an MVP that's yeah. you know good enough to take out to market, and put your focus on how you're going to actually take it to market, and what does that growth team look like, or how you're going to get the growth? Because the products you can iterate, you can you can make changes to as you as you go. Rather than investing years and years and years in refining this product, but no one actually bloody knows about it, you're not getting any feedback from your clients to tell you these are the changes that you need to make to the product or service. So you're doing it based on assumptions. Yeah. Right. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's you know that's what I love about Canva, man. I mean, I love the Canva story. You know, it's such it's probably the best Perfect story example. that's come out of it. Yeah. And mate, I've used it for years. It was never it's never perfect, man. But I asked There's for no feedback. such thing. Yeah. And it works really well, right? And then they, they put beta versions, you give them feedback and they change it. It's just awesome. Like I love everything about that business, what it represents and, yeah. and the fact that they're showing people exactly that anything's possible. You just got to go out there and make it happen, man. So yeah, but but Rob, I want to say thank I know that we've come to a point, you know, to the end of the podcast and so we'll make sure I put, we're going to put show notes of the Impressive website, some of your own, your own podcast as well. But apart from your, your podcast and the Impressive site, where can people find and connect with you? 
Look, man, LinkedIn, just look me up, Robert Tadros, you'll find me on there. I've started becoming a little bit more active on Instagram, although I like to stay away from it, I only use it for, for work purposes. But if you just, you know, if you Google my name, you'll find my podcast, you'll find my website, um, yeah. you'll, you'll be able to find Impressive as well. But yeah, generally speaking, it's LinkedIn is where I'm most active. And we'll make sure for all the listeners, we're going to put links to the podcast, to the Impressive website. It's a really impressive site and, uh, and, to, and to where you can connect with, with Rob. But mate, I want to say thanks. Thanks for the contribution you make for the podcast you put out, the content that you create, man. It's, it's really inspiring to see, you know, that anything is possible. You're about to embark on a huge journey on opening up Impressive in the US. So we're really supportive of that, man. We, we can't wait to see what you and Russ what you and Russ do over there, man. So uh, I want to say thanks. Watch the space. (laughs) Pleasure. Thanks for having me.